Thank you. Thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. There's no business like show business. Oh, and away we go. You're all waiting for an introduction. Here we go. <laughs> Hello again, and welcome to the Monroe Community Players Podcast featuring the Green Room Groupies. I'm your de facto host, David War, and my co-hosts with me today are... Ron Roberts. Brian Bridget ross Robert Yeoman. And we, of course, are the Green Room Groupies. Um, love to talk about lots of things, and I had tens of dozens of... Uh, conversation starters that we, we we went over on the weekend and I don't care for any of them. So, <laughs> not sure where we're going to go today, but um, I think we're going to continue some of our, our uh, different variety of, I, I don't know, I've just lost all my voices today, um, the ones in my head, so I don't know what to go with this, but <laughs> I think let's start off with something simple, um, though not that simple, just to prove that we have listeners, and I'm happy to say we have listeners from around the country. Oh, at least one as far away as California who had a suggestion for us and on various places that we should probably uh, go ahead and and uh, uh, do a performance. In fact, I had a funny story. Uh, it's not that funny because I, I was a little concerned. He liked our last episode so much that he fell asleep to it. Oh. So I was glad that, he, Corey, I was glad you shared that with us. Thanks, Corey. <laughs> um, so, so this is the warning. Don't listen to us just before we go to bed be sure it's the middle of the day that you had plenty of rest and a couple cups of coffee and you can get through any episode this is true because you quite possibly could wake up and want to shave your head and sing annie mm, you could <laughs> it's, see, it's see, I, I, I don't see that i had a much better way to get into the daddy warbucks thing but thank you for bringing that up i'm so sorry i didn't <laughs> i didn't know you i didn't know you were on you were on a road there well I and and i will say and i hope this doesn't embarrass Corey, but he is considering shaving his head just because I've done it myself as Daddy Warbucks. And he says, you know, if David can do it, then I can do it. And uh, hopefully he can do that. That was my pen. Um, hopefully he can do that. And uh, he can go on to Warbucks famous dumb as well. Wow. We probably should just start this whole show. <laughs> but no. anyway. Oh, so, no. I'll edit so all this. So he's in California. It's just, just the wonderful power of, of the podcast is that, you know, in the old days, you could only broadcast as far as, as uh, your signal would let you, and nowadays we can broadcast around the world. So if you can beat listening to us in California, I'd love to hear it, hear how far away that uh, some of you are listening to to us. Um, I know we have listeners in Michigan and the Ohio area, uh, mm-hmm. but I'd sure love to know if we got anybody out there who's in Anchorage, Alaska, or, or Venezuela, or, or someplace exotic. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what's considered exotic in this this world today. Omaha, uh, Kitty Kaka, yeah, <laughs> Lake. Can you say that on a podcast? Yeah. All right, we're gonna Lake find Titicaca. out. Lake Titicaca. <laughs> so another one of our listeners though did come up with uh, something that he thought would be of interest to other people, <laughs> and I need to give a shout out to Reverend Robert Blanchard at the Community United Methodist Church in North Muskegon. Um, he also, by the way, he does some broadcasting himself. Look for him at Pastor Robert Blanchard on YouTube. Yes, he does happen to be related to me. Um, but he was thinking, hey, can we talk more about accessibility in the theater? And we've talked, touched earlier, I think, upon actors and different abilities and things like that. But we haven't really talked about, hey, what's a good theater need to look at these days to make the audience more comfortable accessibility-wise? Um, I think one of the obvious things, of course, is hearing. And frankly, 
the thing that I know we have heard over the years, over the decades I've been in theater, more often than anything else is, well, the show was good, but A, I couldn't hear anything. B, the band was too loud. C, why don't the singers sing louder than the band? Or, or D, you know, that she looks so pretty on the stage, but I just couldn't hear her. Mm. Um, so hearing is, is a, a big issue among audience members who think that they have good hearing. Um, so I think we, I wonder when we're talking about accessibility, that's what comes first to me in mind is, is access, you know, what can we do in terms of um, making our audiences more comfortable? Because as we know on the theater, they want to see you first, they want to hear you second. And if you can't hear them or see them, then that becomes a problem. I know opera, um, they actually put up little, um, uh, like subtitles on the stage. A lot of that is to translate from different languages. Um, I didn't know they're, that. Singing, mm-hmm. they're singing in Italian or whatever. When did they start that? Oh, years, years and ago. years. Really? Have it's, you never been to the opera, Brian? It's, no. It's the electronic ticker tape thing. Well, dust oh, off okay. your tux, man. We'll have to go. <laughs> can I? Some, it's something Daddy Warbucks would say, can, but not me. <laughs> I thought it was Niles. Mm. I'll have to get a cape. That is one of the few places that is acceptable for a man to wear a cape these days. Wow. So other thoughts on accessibility in the theater? Well, as uh, one of the millions of Americans who suffer from hearing loss, <clears throat> um, I do wear hearing aids. And uh, I can tell you that it is. there's nothing more frustrating in, in the world than to be somewhere and not be able to hear. Now, <clears throat> also as a performer, I would also question or not question but challenge the audience to find out do you have a hearing problem i mean i i, I don't want to be rude about it but but it could very well be that you suffer from hearing loss and that could be something that you want to take up with your health care provider now that being said in the theater if you know or if you know you have hearing issues then one of the things you can do is try to uh if you're purchasing reserved seating try and get seating as close to the stage as possible, obviously within your financial means. Um, or two, if it's general admission, try to get there earlier to be able to pick up a seat. Um, you know, or reach out to the, to the, the uh, production and say, hey, you know, I have hearing issues, what would you recommend? And then it all then would fall back onto the production staff. But I do think it also, it's inhab- inherent on the individual. That, you know, if you know that you have, and I'm using hearing as an example, but if you have hearing issues, then that's where you would want to say, hey, what can you provide for me? Mm -hmm. Now, the other thing that occurs to me, too, is, um, for example, some of the theaters that we have rented do have hearing-assisted capabilities. You go to the the, uh, professional theater, I think they they usually have something, but that does require everybody on cast to be mic'd. We and players have tried to do that as best we can. I think we've we've used up to ten mics to try to catch most of the leads in a musical, for example, because when you talk about the orchestra being too loud, the only way to really compensate for that is to to mic your your actors. Um, but we've also used what they call those what chorus mics, you know, hanging above the stage, because yeah. if you don't have that input into some sort of speaker system, the hearing assist really doesn't work, is my understanding, because it's picking it up from from those bands. I may be wrong about how those work, um, but yeah. So that so that that's something that theater. I think even a small one, you may want to consider having mics just for that alone, um, and also just for sound balance, mm-hmm. because the an amplified voice has a diff, different timbre than a natural voice, 
and you can tell it right away. Like everybody away at home or on your cells knows immediately that it's a robot call when it's a robot call yep. because you know that sound or the lack of that sound. My question is, why do we not challenge our orchestra to play softer? Well, apparently, from what I hear from some very good conductors, it's not possible. Understood, which <laughs> leads us to the other thing. We only play loud. Now, <laughs> now we'll find out if our music directors are really listening to us or not. Yeah. <laughs> because I've been given that exact answer. Like, you want it loud? You want it softer? Um, take it up to triple forte. Yeah. Like, but there's the thing, too. That's another part of the equation. I have other... Other ones that let me know that I am too loud, and they tell me to tone it down. Well, it, I'm going <laughs> to... Maybe this can be part of a, what the hell is wrong with the director's part B, what the hell is wrong with music directors. <laughs> um, because, it, and, we're, and you know, I'm going to go into controversy here because we love controversy because if not, nothing else you know, stirs people up and actually they'll, they'll send us some background or some uh, feedback. Yeah. I think sometimes... Music directors have a tendency to forget that they are not the main attraction. Um, a lot of our music directors, for example, are directors of their own orchestras. They, they direct bands. They, they do other things where when they go to a concert, they are the main attraction. And a musical by nature, of course, is about the music. Mm -hmm. But I think they forget that they're there to support the action on the stage and the singing on the stage. And when they get going with a good rousing whatever... Um, you know, I, I think they have they just get carried away like everybody else. That's my, my personal thought. I don't know how controversial that really is. So any of you music directors out there, prove me wrong. <laughs> Next time just play soft. <laughs> play soft. Just play soft. But I, I do also think accessibility it becomes a, a fine here comes that horrible word that financial issue mm -hmm. it is how does a small organization uh you know it best use its resources to make sure that things are accessible yeah and certainly one of the things that's always bothered me and and we've been fortunate in some of the theaters we've used have been very good in terms of accessibility from a physical standpoint mm -hmm. uh, the meyer for example at monroe county community college beautiful building the Accessible seats are not in the worst place in the theater. I mean, so often, especially for theaters been retrofitted for wheelchairs and stuff, they're off in the back corner somewhere. They're not down front. You know, the Meyer, it's like they're kind of in what I call the sweet zone, so much so that people who are perfectly able to, to move around like to sit there too because it, it is in the, the right mid-side. Um, the only trouble we ever run into is when we block something that actually goes through that, that special aisleway. I'm thinking mob scenes and Beauty and the Beast and such. But yes, so I think certainly if you're lucky enough to have your own theater, you know, keep that in mind. Not everybody, and especially when you look at our clientele, um, most modern theater, I shouldn't say modern theaters, but most community theaters, we got a lot of folks. Catering to those of a certain age. Of a group. certain age. Um, a mature audience. Matured. Um and you want to make sure that they, they are able to get in there to hear and to see and to... Uh, or be dazzled by the shaped head of Daddy Warbucks. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that gets into lighting. <laughs> 
Lighting right, and makeup. That's lighting. That's lighting, lighting. and makeup. If it's too much glare, you just got to do something about that. Okay. Uh, the, um, but the the but the yeah the whole issue of that kind of accessibility, I think. Um, so to a degree, I, I think these are all relatively easy issues to resolve. Restrooms, you know, hopefully everything that your facilities are all ADA compliant. Uh, what other kinds of accessibility do you think we, we have with audiences need? There should be more bathrooms for women. That's true. Yeah. I mean, it just gets to the point where it's like, no, let's. it's not a running joke. It's a serious need of the theater. You should have two women's for every one guy. Mm -hmm. Rest, I'm talking restrooms. Keep your mind out of the gutters. Or perhaps you should be in the gutter. I don't yeah. know. But that's also something that a lot of uh, arenas also run into, too, for concerts. And I know that a few of the ones, I know, I remember, I think it was when uh, Little Caesars opened, that was one of the things that they commented on is that their bathroom ratio was a little bit more skewed towards female they had more female bathrooms available partly because of that so i do think that is something that that is a uh, issue out there yeah um and and in general i think don't be don't be afraid of if you're able to build your own theater handicap stalls yep um because just because a person's not in a wheelchair doesn't mean they don't need that extra assistance or yep. extra space um there are stroke victims there are um, all sorts of things, and frankly, I talk from my days of when I uh, was an ostomy patient. <sighs> it's nice to have a little extra room when I got a finagle to, or just frank, a frankly, hand to, grip to, to take a bag off and, and dump it, or just to even have a hand grip. Yeah, there you go, and pull yourself up. Yep, exactly. Um, but I think that yeah. So I think the theaters, you know, we we have the same issues as everybody else um, with accessibility. Now on stage, I think it becomes a different issue with your characters. Um, and we've talked a little about that too. You know, there, you know, when when can you cast somebody who may have different accessibility issues than most of the majority were cast? Mm -hmm. um, I think as we talk about things like um, what we used to call colorblind casting um, and things like that, I think we got to start thinking about well, you know, does Maria in West Side Story does she need to? Can she be in a wheelchair? I, you know. That's up to the interpretation of each individual group yeah. and the comfort level of all involved. Yeah, mm -hmm. but I'm saying I think that's something groups have to consider. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because in one one sense, is it realistic? No, but getting onto the stage and singing every time you feel like a song coming on, though that may be realistic for some of our realities. <laughs> <laughs> Having the orchestra play along with it and stuff like right. that, you know, in perfectly choreographed style. You know, realism, especially in musicals, realism's already tossed out the door. What are mm -hmm. you talking about? I watch Glee constantly, and <laughs> all you have to do is walk into the room, and everybody else knows the choreography, so it's just so natural. I wish, I wish life was like that. You know, he said that many, 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 many moons ago to me. Or, I know, not just to me. Get out of my house. <laughs> What are you doing here? <laughs> how, how, did you find out, how did you find out where I live? <laughs> Put the goldfish back, Figaro. <laughs> <laughs> now, he had said life would be so much better 
it was just a musical and everybody just suddenly burst out into song and dance and and, and i I've, I've lived my life like that and everybody that's why everybody gives me a weird look when i didn't end very well for that episode of buffy no no but it did not you're right there. they got the mustard out but they know what you're thinking and what your mood is because you can tell by the whether it's a minor key or a minor key. True. <laughs> there you go. Dropped Serious the balls. music. He's, he's mad he's, now. He's in the mood. <laughs> Watch out for the jazz hands. The jazz hands. <laughs> he's out for something. Don't throw off his groove. The groove. No. <laughs> now there's a reference. <laughs> um, now we we have had uh, we have had wheelchair uh how do i say it and be pc handicapped uh people physically challenged physically challenged people um in our cast before uh the the last i can remember is um a young gentleman in the first radio uh radio show of um uh, it's a wonderful life thank you mm-hmm. <clears throat> thank you it's, it's such an obscure show i can't I ever remember that um and I think we had the stage itself. We built, didn't we? Or it was a. It wasn't an actual. I can't remember, but it was not easy to get the gentleman on the stage. I do remember that we yes. had to work very hard to to get him up there. And I think that um, that goes back to what you're saying is that if yeah, you know, every production company should have, every community should have a way to make sure that if you're going to have handicapped people um, auditioning. Um, you know, you better be able to get them on the stage. Yeah, and, and and I think that's something that's more we need to be more conscious of today than even just forty years ago, twenty years ago, um, because the reality is, you know, once upon a time, a person in a wheelchair, they didn't leave home. Yeah, right. You know, today, again, kind of struggling with. I don't want to offend anybody on purpose. Mm-hmm. But you know, today, you know, if just because you're differently abled doesn't mean that you're not a full contributing member to society. Mm-hmm. You know, we aren't. You're, we expect you to be out and about. We mm-hmm. hope you can be out and about because who wants to sit at home all day? Literally. Um, yes, I. Do. Well, I do too. <laughs> but it's one thing to choose. To do that. Okay. It's another thing to be forced to do that. You know. You know the idea of the bedridden uh, part of the expression cripple. That, that I just don't think has a place in our society today. No. Not no. to say there aren't people who aren't bred, bedridden, but you know what I mean. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I hope you know what I mean. Right. But anyway, so, so I think if you're in a good place where you can build from scratch, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, but unfortunately, of course, most of us are dealing with facilities that we've either inherited, have had over the years, or are renting. Um, but I think you just got to be cognizant of that. I would hope that nobody's out there saying, I can't cast that person because they are in a wheelchair when they are the best actor or act singer in that, that whole thing. It's like, I, I would urge everybody find a way to make it work. Well, and I think it, it goes to a point that I think, I think we've made on this podcast is that <clears throat> unless something is inherently important in a role, it shouldn't matter, right? Mm-hmm. So, for example, if you know someone ha- is in a wheelchair, I mean, is is the mobility of that person? Are there is their ability to to walk freely on stage? Is that inherently important in the role? Is it not necessarily? And I think again, you sell yourself as an organization, um, as a performer. Short, if you don't find a way to, to include people, yeah. mm-hmm. and, and I think we want to go back to you know the what the hell's wrong with the directors again because I I used to say. And we can put this on a T-shirt. 
Uh oh. <laughs> oh, take notes. No, maybe we can't put it. In. <laughs> um, you know, make act, up your act, mind. Acting is one of the few places where I can discriminate against somebody for virtually any reason whatsoever. Oh, you're right. We're not putting that on a teacher. <laughs> <laughs> Good call. Unless well, I again, go to the Republican committee, I don't know. Because as Ron was just suggesting, I fall back to the script. Does it fit the script? Yes. Mm-hmm. I would urge every director out there to not think like that mm-hmm. anymore. Think about how can I include these, how can I include more people and not exclude them. Mm-hmm. And also, just for a financial consideration too, the more people that you have in your cast, the more tickets you're probably going to sell. Yeah. Well, and, and ultimately, if, especially for us in the community theater world, we're about bringing the art to the community. Yep. Yeah. We should do that in as many ways as possible, and make sure we're including the entire community. Yeah. Um, you know, I get you know, any number of days you can go on and say, oh, I can't believe they cast this person because they're African-American. They cast this person because, you know, because, you know, Shakespeare didn't do that. We can't do that, too. And it's like Shakespeare didn't necessarily have the opportunity to do that. Right. Yeah. Um, you had to talk to Bacon, the writer. Yeah. Um, and, and even in television, it's like, it, to, to my earlier point, realism, you've already thrown out the window on so many things. Frankly, with any play, any play we're doing is not realistic in the sense that we are recreating a form of realism on the stage. Mm-hmm. But let's face it, even if it's a one-room apartment set, we all know it's not a real apartment because most apartments have four walls. Yeah. Right? Yep. Yep. Normally a bathroom, too. <laughs> a bathroom. <laughs> hey, the odd couple. Yep. It has a bathroom. It's referenced many this times. This is true. But has anyone ever shown it? So we, it, That's our next, when we do Odd Couple again, and you know we will. <laughs> <laughs> the show that would not die. I think the door needs to be open. That toilet needs to be visible because that's the next barrier for community. All right. We started with poker. Then it went to Trivia Pursuit. What social game will be used for Odd couple next. Well, and when we get to next episode, where we're going to talk a little about what the hell's wrong with playwrights. Ooh. <laughs> we can so talk many. about those kind of things because I got lots wrong with playwrights. Uh oh. <laughs> and he's one of them, folks. And I'm one of them. And I like to think I am. You know, a, wait, you're, you're a playwright sure or one of the problems? One of the problems. Okay. <laughs> we definitely need to talk without the mics for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> Part of the silence. Okay, we're back. <laughs> Yeah, you didn't even notice that. Oh. <laughs> okay, um, yeah, but 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 no, it's I don't even know where I was. Go ahead, Ron. Well, I was just I was just going to say, <laughs> save think, me. Yeah, sure. Uh, <laughs> as far as accessibility goes, I think that the important thing is to be advocates for things as well. Yes, I, I think that it, you know if you uh, if you could be passionate about being on stage and, and doing proper shows, be passionate about getting people included in your organization as well. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because you never know. There may not be an opportunity for you to include, you know, people with physical disabilities or challenges. But if you do have that ability, be passionate about it. Um, you know, and and just someone I know says to be kinder than necessary, and I think that that's true. I think that in, that could be in any walk of life that we should be kinder than necessary. But when it comes to the theater, we should be inclusive. We should try and, and go out of our way to make fe- people feel welcome. Because I think everybody in this room at one point in their time in their theater career has not felt welcome. Well, okay, maybe not. No, I totally agree. Mm-hmm. You, you know, I, I think we've all had that one moment where we didn't, well, again, maybe, maybe not Dave, but <laughs> where we've all felt like, wow, maybe I don't belong here. Well, I, I, I have no, no some of us that I may have, be deserved. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I, have I didn't that, say. I have that moment every time I walk on the stage. But <laughs> <laughs> I really, should I really be here doing this? Um, but <laughs> I was going to say, even if we, I was going to say, good news for for most of us in this room. I actually think that even if we're not welcome, though they cast us anyway, so who cares? <laughs> 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 it's all about the cast. <laughs> as long as they cast me, I don't care if they like me. <laughs> Depending on what they cast me as. Again, there's been a couple times, but not to mention any. Thank God it wasn't Annie. <laughs> I really, at this point, the sun is not coming up tomorrow. I don't think so either. <laughs> we, we've beaten that, of course. But that's... Um, but no, I, I think... And you've hit it on a broader thing. I think when, at the end of the day... When we say, okay, we're done, players is finished, who's going to miss us and what? It'd be nice for the whole community to say we miss them because they included everybody. Yep. Yeah. As opposed to we miss them because they made a lot of money on their shows. Because yeah. no one's going to miss us for that. <laughs> no. <laughs> Trust me, no one's going to miss us for that. No. <laughs> and, and kind of going off into the tangent verse a little there, um, I think that's a question that every group needs to ask themselves too if we were to close today who would miss us mm. um, because mm. if you, you, you and think about it hard because if the answer may scare you and it probably should because you may want to turn around and refocus your group's priorities mm -hmm. if you know who's going to miss us if the answer is the bank mm. uh, that I'm going to suggest that, that maybe you're not doing theater at least at the community level for the right reason Speaking of that too, the um, my husband the other night was looking at the website for our old or the old place that we used to work at in, in Ypsilanti, and they have a new uh, on their webpage. They now have stated, um, you know, all people are open and welcome to audition. We appreciate and respect everybody's belief in who they are, and who they want to be, and we will cast. Through your eyes, of they, them, you know, all these, all these little nuances now that are that are coming out and are you know being you know respected, um, and I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. I thought you know that that's and that's something that I think um, you know I think every community theater should should be aware of and think about as well. You know, if if a if some if a person comes in and says who appears to be. Uh, male and says, you know, I do not consider myself that, and I would like to try out for Trudy in um, uh, what's 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 that show with with uh, where the, the daughter? No, the daughter dies. Um, St St oh, Steel Magnolias. Magnolias. Yes. Still Magnolias. Trudy. Oh, Trudy. Um, Trudy. 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 Sorry. Trudy. Maybe the Dolly. Uh, Parton. In the movie, it was the Dolly Parton character. Yes, okay. Trudy. Um, uh, you know that they should be allowed to and and be given the same opportunity and chance and you never know what's going to happen well with that particular show there was an incident that went to the courts and what it was is a group decided to do steel magnolias but instead of the dolly parton part the owner of the beauty salon that was a man a very flamboyant gay man Really? Doing Dolly Parton's and the author shut them down. Yep. The publishing house sued them. He was very specific, and that's gender flipping can is 
go cautiously into the night. <laughs> yeah, I had the opportunity wow, once to I listen to Edward Albee. Um, famed, you know, writer of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, many other zoo story, many other American classics. He was absolutely adamant that for Who's Afraid of Virginia Roof, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf, that the characters not be gender switched. They could not be gay couples. He said, no, it's got to be played by a man and a woman, both couples, because that's who he wrote it for and that's the voices he wanted. So in the case of Steel Magnolias, I'm sure the playwrights intention was this is a show about women mm -hmm. and to throw a man in even if he's gay as i sh hope should be apparent to everybody in the world these days mm -hmm. being gay and being a woman are two different things <laughs> uh, yes uh but the you know um you've got to that's where the playwright it probably comes more under the what the hell's wrong with playwrights mm -hmm. and but you know that that vision they have every right to say here's that's where it becomes a that line of when's it important to the character there's now truvy could have been in a wheelchair well okay yes. but here's what here's where i find that interesting he didn't i would I, I would assume he didn't have any issues when they took it to hollywood and put in about four or five male actors including tom scarrett yeah if there's enough cash involved people's opinions change Stephen sondheim right but additional songs put in just so they can say oh it's the original song in into the woods we took out four of the most dramatic songs which explained the character development which led us through the journey of into the woods we threw those out and put them in background music and then added this other song just for the right to say it was a new song from the movie the entire movie is now nominated and not knowing the details of that arrangement, of course, mm -hmm. um, not only is it money, but also remember the screenplay and the stage play are two different animals as yes, well. Because right. basically the screen, screenplay was based on the play, but it is not the play, if that makes sense. I, I, I know what you're saying. It's, I think it's a and, fine and line. I, and I think you got to be, speak. for example, a Stephen King, who doesn't write plays to my knowledge, but probably has a couple out there um <laughs> he can make a different demand than and i now don't remember the playwright for steel magnolias and where he or she was in their writing career mm -hmm. but there's a point too where it's like to get known you make concessions early on mm -hmm. um whereas you know the, the the bigger your name is later you can say here's how things are, are going to have to be yeah. carrie the musical carrie <laughs> when first produced was an incredibly flop which lasted i think it was seven performances 12 performances and then it was canceled carrie was a musical it carrie is. is a musical it is because a musical. it took got caught up on as a cult classic a lot of blood lots and lots of blood <laughs> no one can see it but dave's eyes lit up when he had lots of blood pockets <laughs> <laughs> of blood <laughs> It's no Evil Dead, but it's... It washes off I've always, bald head uh, even yeah. better than shampoo. I don't think it needs a splash zone. But I, wow, that one went right by me. I didn't know Carrie was the music. Oh, yeah. It's been... I think someone did it in the area in Toledo hmm, recently. Sure. I've heard I'm it. sure somebody has, in which, you know, if we're going to the tangent again... <laughs> Have we ever left? <laughs> um, 
something something and and i think are we done with accessibility thing yeah yeah okay we can bring it in this way yeah well well yes because i have something i can bring it right back in okay, okay. something that's kind of bothered me lately with um looking at other theater groups websites and stuff and we're talking about you know did somebody do it in in, in toledo and maybe this is a conversation for the next episode or, or a later one everybody's season is starting to look the same and I think it's been true for a long time. So we live in an area where there are literally, I can think off the top of my head, about 10 or 12 theaters within driving distance. Mm-hmm. If they're all doing the same musical, is that really serving the community the best right. way? And I know when we were, once upon a time, um, when the River Raisin Center for the Arts, for example, was doing their own um, productions, um, they still do through their, their youth theater programs, and Spotlight has their productions. We have our productions. We talk about maybe we should coordinate a little better about who's doing what when. But lately, it's like there's just kind of, I look at it, it's like I'm seeing the same shows everywhere. Really? Uh, how, yes. And, and, uh, uh, so I'm, I'm just wondering, are we best serving our communities when we're all doing the same stuff? I think you're going to have, you got to do it first. Who did it first? To get the bragging rights the first time it was done in the three county area whatever you want to like uh well it was uh peter and the star catcher mm-hmm. it's new to this area roswell is doing it i don't think it's been done in this area this no. is the first time there is another show is brand new just been released they were literally on the phone with the rights the publisher rights groups to be able to announce that they could do the show. So they wanted it to be, they want to be first and all. And so everybody else kind of goes downhill. And, and if you'll remember, by the way, guys, 15 years ago now or whatever, we were the first in the area to do Beating the Beast. We got on it before anyone else did. Yep. They became our guests. They became our guests. Darn. And they had to count the silverware afterwards. Depending how far you consider, I should say, in the county. In the county, yeah. Because we did go out of the county to rent our costumes, and someone who's technically in the Toledo metro area, but they were south, so. Mm. It was Oregon Community Theater. Thank you so much, Oregon. (laughs) Not Oregon State, Oregon, Ohio. So it's not Oregon, it's Oregon. Okay. That's a side note. Okay. You can fix that in post. I don't think I can. But I no, but, but you're right, Bob. That I, post I think that's true. It's, everyone wants to do it first. But but for example, for example, we were going to do Little Mermaid pre-COVID, and now I'm looking out, and everyone seems to be doing Little Mermaid. Yeah, so the, they need money. RCA's doing it with the kids theater. Yeah, but the it's kids. not just them. If you look look around the schedule, it's like um, again, I think Oregon community theater just Little or, Mermaid or, is Oregon the new Andy. players. They just they just finished their run of, uh, of Little Mermaid. Little Mermaid is the new Annie. OCP, Oregon Community Players. I'm sorry. Little, tons and tons of little girls, medium-sized little girls, tall 45-year-old little girls. They all <laughs> want to be Ariel because there's only one Ursula. And will they actually go through with having the, a drag performer as Ursula, as was the author's? That was their intent, was to have a drag... It's divine. Yeah. It's well, yeah, yeah. The whole character is... is that the makes the sense. Disney version, yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. yeah. 
ghosts. But back anyways, to, back to something you said way earlier. <laughs> I'm, I'm taking us way back. Um, Stephen King, Misery. Isn't Misery a play? Yes, actually, uh, Down River Actors Guild is going to be doing that this fall. And many plays are Misery. <laughs> I swear, first, first person to mention Lovers Part 2. <laughs> you just did. So if he said it, it opens the door. But the doors were closed and locked. <laughs> Yeah, they were. Um, but no, Misery is a Stephen King. And I, I don't know if he actually wrote the well, play. Well, actually, he did not. He, uh, It is based off of his book. And it's another playwright that wrote it. So, But that's also a show that would, that could easily um, have an actor who is um, uh, possibly physically challenged playing the role. Yep. Right. Yeah. See how I brought that? Boom. You did. You did a nice job. My Got it. You're brilliant. Excellent. Give me, give me the mic. I want to drop it. You should it. take a radio class. Good. <laughs> <laughs> you ever thought about making a career out of this, Brian? Because I think you know you might have something yeah, here. I don't I might know. Have something. You got a face for radio. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I do. I do. And just to let the audience in on this, of course, Brian has a Spex Howard degree. So. I do have a Spex yes. Howard degree. It's he is our professional in the room. Believe it. Or not. <laughs> believe it or not. <laughs> That will not be edited out. <laughs> no, it won't. And I don't believe it. <laughs> Which is the question we all ask. What am I doing here? There it is. <laughs> well, we know. Well, looking at the clock. <laughs> I thought you were looking at me. No, I'm looking at the clock. Oh, okay. Um, we have actually run out of time. You must have a lazy uh, eye. We got, we could, it feels, it's a shorter episode because we got started late, but, you know, we have a schedule we have to stick to, I think. Yeah. No? No, you're fine. No, no, no. no. If you've got good. more to say, well, the only thing I, I just, thoughts here. Only thing I would say is uh, back to Brian's point about uh, the group in Epsilon that he used to work with. Um, inclusion only works if your entire group buys it. That's true. And I think that yeah. that starts at the at the top, whether it's a board, whether whatever whatever type of group that runs your organization, you have to have total buy-in. Because inclusion, all it takes is one person to not follow that mission or that belief, and ever all the hard work that your group may have done could be totally for naught. So yeah. it, it starts at the top to make sure you have buy-in and then let it trickle down. Yep. Thank you. That's a good good closing. Thank you so much, Ron. Thank you. Um, always so. Looks like we are about out of time for this episode. And We're I, stretching we, as much as we can. <laughs> we'd like to thank all of you for listening. Uh, we do appreciate each and every one of you. A lot of these podcasts say we love you all, but let's let's be honest. We appreciate you. <laughs> Give us well, a donation. Love, love we is an overused you word. Time. You know, let's, we're going to bring love back to what it needs to be. True love. And we do love you. What? Whoa. I can't stop it. Ooh, whoa. Why hold the, hold the emotions back? You, you had a brownie, didn't you? I <laughs> don't. <laughs> no, I did not have a brownie. Um, so, but uh, please, uh, we do love to hear from you. Um, as you heard, even just this episode, we we uh, do listen. Um, uh, we'd love to have to sort through all the emails and and try to figure out who we can listen to and how to, how to get yourself mentioned on on a broadcast. So, check out Monroe Community Players on our Facebook page. Um, go to our website, MonroeCommunityPlayers.org. More groupies fun. <laughs> not it, and I'll be honest, it's not that much fun. But go to the MCP podcast. <laughs> wow. You can make it fun. You said that. You quiet can make it out loud. Prove me wrong, people. <laughs> go 
to the MCP a, podcast page on Facebook and email us with your comments and thoughts about this or any other episode at Monroe Community Players at Yahoo.com. Um, in a, and just so you know, we are recording this in a time when the world seems to be in turmoil and upside down. Um, and to a degree it is, so we hope we brought some levity to you and, and gave you some insights, um, things that you hadn't thought about before, which is our, our mission to talk about community theater, amateur theater, and theater in general. Um, because if theater can't cheer you up, then by gosh, what can? Even Speaking of which, we've got to talk about some of the heavy dramas that we want to do. <laughs> <laughs> Um, this has been a production of the Monroe Community Players in Monroe, Michigan, recorded high atop the Benish Building at the Monroe Public Access Cable Television Podcast Studios, also known as Impact, in beautiful downtown Monroe, Michigan. We are the Groupies, and we will see you in the green room. Well, goodbye. And don't think it hasn't been a little slice of heaven, because it hasn't. <laughs>